Acts chapter number 1. I want to talk about this just a moment. The reason I want to go there is because in the first chapter of the book of Acts, we've got a few disciples. They haven't become apostles yet, but they are in the apostleship and ministry to become great apostles for the Lord. And uh, they really don't know what to do. Matter of fact, if you want to find out the basic temperature of these boys, you go back to the last chapter of the book of John. They're at wit's end. They've been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ for three and a half years. They've watched him raise the dead. They've watched him open blind, or blind eyes and touch dumb tongues so they could speak. Deaf ears that they could hear. They've watched the miracles and then they saw him die on the cross of Calvary, go to the grave and rise on the third day. And I don't think they were even thinking about that because if they did, if they'd have known all that, they wouldn't have been alarmed or concerned when they found out Christ arose. They asked questions. And so they weren't really up on it. Uh, they hadn't heard everything. They're just typical Baptists. Amen. I preached a lot of things and you ain't heard me yet so on some of it. Amen. So I know how that is. And uh, I've heard a lot of preachers and I ain't heard them either. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You just don't get it all. But these boys are sitting in the boat and Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. So he goes and gets in the boat and the rest of them said, we go too. And they get in the ship and they don't know what to do. You know what they've done that for, don't you? It's going back to resort back to what they were doing before. I've seen church folks do the same thing. They'll go back to what they were doing before when they have a problem. Now, these fellows didn't have no guidance, or at least they thought they didn't have no guidance. They did have, but they didn't realize it. So there's in, a, in, the, in the ship, and they didn't know the Lord was on the side and you remember, they'd talk, uh, fished all night and caught nothing. The Lord, I'm not going to get into the story there because I don't want to get tied up on that. I want to get you to talk with me tonight or at least listen to me about what God put on my heart coming up the road. So we go into the first chapter of the book of Acts. And I want us to stand and we're going to look at verse number 22. And we're going to come down and I want to show you what the, the Lord showed us here. He said in chapter 22, beginning from the baptism of John, under that same day that he was taken up from us, must, be, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was named Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Now you can be seated. And I pray tonight that God will help us. Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege of the Word of God that we have it. So we tonight here, thank you, Lord, for the things that you put upon our hearts. I pray tonight you'll bless each individual. Give us that which we need and 
Lord, I pray you'd give us some balm and Gilead over our soul and strength. And I pray tonight, God, we'd be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged. And Lord, we, may we go out tonight saying it's been a wonderful thing to went down to the house of God on this Lord's Day night. I pray, God, you stir my soul and stir their soul. We walk out of here, we can shout and rejoice and give us strength to run the week with. And we'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now these disciples didn't know hardly what to do. They were in a, in a pickle, if you'd say. That's not the good terminology, but uh, that's what the old hillbilly would say. They, they're in a pickle. They don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know how to carry on. They just lost their master. He was crucified. It went a different way, and they thought he rose from the dead. They were recognizing that. Uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, ascended up into heaven. Amen. He'd just been taken up. And we'll find tonight that there they are. They don't know what to do. Reminds me of me in this modern world. Now, the older I get, the more this happens to me. Some of you in here are younger. Some of you in here are where I used to be. And we had a lot of things on our mind. And we had things we called ours. We had things that we were looking forward to. We had a lot of ambitions. When I was younger, I had a lot of ambitions. Amen. You said, preacher, you ain't got none now. I got some. They just changed. Amen. I, I, I used to I like cars and I, I was concerned about the vehicle. I drove uh, the lawnmower. I rode or pushed uh, the weed eater and all them things and all the fancy stuff that you can get. Uh, and you ladies like homes and all those things and the fancy things. But you know that don't bother me at all tonight. Amen. Amen. I could care less. Praise God. So I just want to talk about some things that I want to cling to the rest of the way. I want to talk about some treasures tonight that keeps me going. Now, if your automobile keeps you going, and it does probably up and down the road, but I'll tell you, that will not satisfy your spiritual condition. Your home, and I guess you appreciate it, I appreciate a roof over my head, but it's not my home that uh, I'm really excited about. Matter of fact, it's not my home. I'm just passing through. But there's some things I want to hold to the rest of my days and the rest of the journey. And I want to give you some things I'm going to rejoice off of for the rest of the journey. Amen. Of course, I'm not talking about the kids and the grandkids and the great-grandkids. They do strengthen me and encourage me. But I do know tonight that I'm going to run off and leave them. Somewhere down the road, I'm going to walk away from them. And I'm going to enjoy them as long as I can. Amen. But I want to talk about some things tonight that I cling to. Number one. If you want to know what it is, jot it down where you can stay with me and you can shout the rest. This is the things I'm going to shout off of the rest of the journey. Number one, my salvation. Amen. My new birth. Amen. My Savior. That being birthed into the family of God. I can, amen. I don't care in the darkest hours, in the darkest times, and I believe we're going to see some dark hours and dark times. I've seen a lot of them down through the years. And, uh, but I want to know right now and let you know tonight that my salvation is what's keeping me going. When I get up in the morning, I thank God for being saved. 
You know, when I was a little younger, I didn't pay much attention. Listen, I've always thanked God for my salvation. Don't get me wrong. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that took precedence sometimes, and I just give it a thought every now and then. But now I'm glad I'm saved. I don't mind telling uh, the neighbor I'm saved. I don't mind telling the visitors I'm saved. I don't mind telling strangers that I'm saved. I'm just like that. Praise God, because that's all that I've got. Amen. Along with some other things I'm going to mention tonight. Now you said, preacher, I don't shout too much over my salvation. Maybe you didn't get the same kind I did. Amen. Just to know that I've been uh, passed from death unto life, just to know that I've been already redeemed from the pits of hell, and just to know that I ain't going to hell is just enough tonight to make me shout. Amen. Get me excited. Praise God. I'm some somebody headed somewhere. Amen. You might be a nobody going nowhere, but I'm telling you right now, I'm headed somewhere. I got another country. Amen. Uh, God give me something on the inside that I can count on. I can count on uh, Jesus. Praise God, my salvation. I just praise Him for that. Anybody can't shout off of their salvation, uh, I'd check to see if I had it. I'd look the, oh, I'd look the premises over. Amen. That's right. I'd check the fuse, see if any blowed out, something happened, uh, something's turned. I'd check it out. I'd know tonight that I'm saved, I'm redeemed. Everybody in this building ought to know that you're saved. You're not. You're, I ain't talking about uh, checking around and just, uh, you know, like looking for some feelings. I'm not saved by feeling. I'm saved by faith. We'll talk about that a little bit. But I'm telling you, I'm going to cling to my salvation the rest of my days. Number two, I'm going to cling to my Bible. Amen. When I get up in the morning, some of you will get up in the morning. The first thing you'll do is turn on the radio or turn on the television. And I, I, I just take the book. It's the first thing I look at every morning. Amen. If I didn't pick up my Bible the first thing in the morning and go with it, I'd feel dirty and ungodly and unholy all day long. Boy, that gotten quiet. Amen. Right here, let me tell you, this is the only this is the only book that's ever kept me straight. I've read well, when I was a young boy, I read them little uh, you know rules of etiquette or something or another. And I, uh, what is that? I can't even remember the fella that wrote it, but they'll tell you how to be successful. And you done. I, I read a bunch of that stuff. I wanted to be successful. But I'll tell you, if you want to be successful, get you the book. It'll do some good for you. This will make you successful. Amen. Amen. It's, not, it's not popular. Amen. But I'll tell you right now, it'll do something for you. Have you ever just got in a, in a, in a rut or down in the out and got up in the morning and didn't feel Have you ever got up feeling like you wasn't saved? That don't mean you ain't. Amen. But you ever got up in the morning and said, I don't know where, how, what's going to be and how we're going to do it all day long. And you just took your Bible and started reading. Next thing you know, the Word of God starts talking to you. That's the reason some of you won't read it. It starts talking to you. It does talk to you, by the way, don't it? Amen. Praise God. That's like a fellow preacher friend of mine. He said he didn't believe in uh, printing gospel tracts and giving out gospel tracts. Uh, a preacher said that. And he said, you, you can't get saved off of gospel tracts. 
That's what he told us. Told me and told a lot of people. Preaches it all up and down the country. Good, strong, straight man on other things, but he sure messed up on that one. And he said, the Bible said, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to get saved through preaching. So I just one time came here and, and got one of the tracks and any track we've got, you can take it. And I read it to you. When you read the word of God, amen. Just, I mean, just read down a verse, any you want to. You just pick it up and read it. Well, what happens? When you read it, you said, well, uh, I just read it. Did you hear it? It spoke, didn't it? Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Whether it's preached audibly from a voice or read out of the word of God, it's still the word of God. Amen. And so I say, you can get saved off a gospel track. Anybody in here ever got saved off a gospel track? Anybody? All right. There's a lot of people that have. Amen. And I know that. And I want to tell you, it's powerful. The Word of God's powerful. So the rest of my days, I'm going to cling to my salvation. Number two, I'm going to cling to my Bible. Amen. Now, I, I do prefer the one that I'm reading out of tonight, the King James. And I wouldn't give you two cents for any of the other kind. I don't read them. I get people that give me things and tells me this. And, uh, and I hear preachers reading out of something else. Uh, I just read or heard a fellow yesterday talk about something in the Word of God, and he called some things uh, different names. And I looked in my Bible, and it wasn't there. And I knew he was in another version or another perversion. And so, I, you know, I think about all this. Did you, have you ever noticed this? We've got a lot of people out of, uh, bouncing the walls and, uh, you know, running up and down the world Talking about prophecy. I love prophecy. I do. I preach a lot of it. I hadn't done it lately, but I preach a lot of it. And I want to tell you, I, it don't scare me. I'm excited about prophecy. I like what the Bible said. He says, blessed is a man that readeth. Amen. And I like it, so I read it. And so it don't scare me. But isn't it amazing that you've got Dr. Bottle Stopper over here preaching prophecy and another over there, and they don't, don't agree One's got a, one version, another version of it. They can't get together on it. I want to tell you something tonight. They, a lot of them know all their... Listen, you ask some of these prophetic preachers, they know all the answers. They, they'll give you the answer to everything. They, some of them, they'll tell you the answer to everything. I mean, that, that's what they... It's according to their thing. But you can't prove it from my Bible. Amen. And a lot of these fellas doing that up and down the country, they won't even teach you the basic Bible doctrines because they don't even know them themselves. <laughs> Hear me now. I'm not trying to be critical. There's two things I believe we're missing tonight in our churches. One is preaching, real Bible preaching of the Word of God. And number two is praying. Right. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But right now I'm talking about the Word of God. This is my strength. Amen. It's better than Cheerios. It's better than a sausage egg biscuit. And I love them. It's better uh, than a hamburger. It's better than any food you could find because it's the food that strengthens the inner man and grows the inner man and makes us wise and smart 
Amen. And faithful. Amen. And strong. Amen. Now take advantage of this tonight now. I'm not busting you out. I'm not skinning you. I'm just telling you what the Bible does for me. It may not do all that for you. But it sure helps me. How many in here can say with an uplifted hand, it helps me too? Amen. Well, the rest of you can hang on to that. Maybe it'll help you too down the road. That's what I'm preaching this for. You just ought to get involved in it. The Bible is the first thing I want to hang on to in the morning. And it's the last thing I want to lay down at night. And sometimes I have to not just lay it down. I have to kind of lay it over to the side and quote a little of it after I done turn out the lights. Amen. And when I wake up in the middle of the night, I think on it. Amen. I try to learn. I told you this lots of times. Some, one morning, I, and of course more than one morning I, in my lifetime, I got up and it looked three, three, three on there. Three, thirty-three. And I said, Jeremiah. Amen. Thirty-three, three. Amen. As I look at that and I quote those verses. And then when I get another, sometimes I, and I see maybe it's one ten. And I don't, don't know what's one ten. And so I just get up sometimes and start finding me a chapter one and a verse ten. And I just keep looking in some books to a good one that stirs my soul. And then I try to memorize it. Amen. Because the word of God keeps me. It's my nourishment. It's my strength. It's my, it's everything I need. Amen. I don't care about the car, the house, or anything else. I just want my Bible. That's what I'm holding to, my salvation and my Bible. Amen. Number three, I'm holding to the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people don't know much about the blood of Christ. They don't realize it. Uh, They brag more about baptism than they do the blood. They brag more about what they do for the Lord than they do the blood of Christ. But it's the blood of Christ that washed away all my sins and has washed them away and cleansed my heart and soul. God has washed me in His blood. So I give God the praise. And the, yeah, I'm a, I'm a blood preacher. Yes, sir. I believe that the blood of Christ, I don't believe you can get saved outside the blood of Christ. I don't believe you can quote after a preacher. I don't believe you can sign a card. I don't believe you can join a church. I don't believe you can feed the poor. And all those things. And matter of fact, uh, you are to live a clean, dedicated, consecrated life. And a lot of people are trying to do that. And they don't even have the blood applied. And you can't do it. Amen. You just go through a ritual and, and a, you know, a form and a fashion. And I want to tell you, I'm glad tonight I've got more than a form and a fashion. I remember when I got baptized, but I remember when I got saved. And some people can't. They can't remember that. They remember when they got baptized, but not when they got saved. Amen. Because I know I, I talked to, listen, in my little Bible class I have every morning. Or not every morning, but most of the mornings. Over here at McDonald's. Amen. At the Golden Arch Supper Club. I mean, I enjoy it. I go in there and we talk about these things. And I'll, they'll, I say, have you been saved? And they'll say, uh, I've been baptized. 
And I say, I ain't talking about that now. Have you been saved? And you'd be surprised if the people don't know what the difference is. There's a problem there tonight. And we got that problem in our churches as, as well as outside. Amen. If everybody knew they're saved and born again and washed in the blood, amen, it's no trouble to wave the blood-stained banner when everybody's on your side. Hey, it, I could get every one of you uh, saying something this afternoon right here in the service and saying, praise God, I'll get you waving it. But it's not going to be easy to do at Ingalls. When you're down there and nobody around, you know, what if you went down to the grocery store tomorrow, wherever you go to get groceries, and you got about on the third aisle and you said, Hallelujah, folks, I'm glad I'm saved. It totes you out in a bag in a minute. It put a, Amen, tie you up and carry you out. Praise God. I want you to know, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm not silent about it. I'm not a secret service agent. Amen. I'm not a, what do they call him, a plain clothes investigator. No, sir. I want people to know who I am. And I'm not trying to make a name. No, sir. Matter of fact, if I, I said it this morning. If you want to get something, make a name, you better get into something besides the work of God. In this modern day, you know why uh, people have problems with, with the preaching of the Word of God? Because when they read the Word of God, hear the Word of God, it makes them miserable. That's why I like to preach it. Amen. Now, if I preach and preach the truth and preach the Word, isn't it amazing that people say, Preacher, I want you to preach the Word now. Preach the Word. Preach the word. Tell it like it is. Don't waver. Don't back up. Don't smidge here and smidge there. Preach it just like it is. They love it. That I've been told that all my life. Now I like, I like your preaching. I love your preaching. I just love your preaching, preacher. I mean, it's good. I preach it. Just keep preaching it. Just keep preaching. But one day, I come in and don't know it. With my Bible under my arm, and I open it up in the pulpit, and I rear back and preach. And that particular morning or night, I knock off about three things sitting on their coffee table. Don't even know what's there, but I preach something. Amen. I preach something that's in the refrigerator. I preach something that's in their carport. I preach on something they're doing. And the next thing you know, they get a little miffy at me. Amen. And then they get a little distant. See, I've been in this thing a long time. It just happens this way. Uh, I, I, can, I can tell uh, church members, and it scares me when they get that little far away look in their eye. And uh, what, what's that far away? You know you're not going to have them long. You better keep preaching. They're, hook, they're looking for a back way and a back road and they ain't going to be around long. Listen, I've been in this thing for a long time. Well, I'm going to cling to my Bible. I don't want to back up on that. It's been the blessing. It's been the help. It's been the hope. It's been the strength. It not only gives me strength and hope, but it cleanses my heart. 
I like that. Praise God. You get out and go to work, and next thing you know, you come in, you uh, feel filthy, you take your shower, and it's nice when you take a shower after you're all dirty. Amen. And I know people today, or some of them in the summertime, they take showers two, three, and four showers a day. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. You ought to smell good. Best you can. Right? But they won't even open their Bible and read it. Amen. Some of you are spiritual stinkers. You ain't had a bath in the Word in a while. Amen. Just thought I'd throw that in the side. That's right. We need a bath, don't we, every once in a while. And so I like to read the Word of God. Let me ask you this. How would you feel preaching on teaching Sunday school and preaching on Sunday morning and preaching on Sunday night and preaching on Wednesday night? Not reading any more Bible. For me, not reading any more Bible than you had read in last week. Just think about that a minute. Huh? Reckon how long we'd want to keep you for a preacher. Understand? We have to study. That's why I preached on study the Word of God this morning. I ain't talking about what Dr. Bottle Stopper says. What's, see, sometimes the people, this kind of, this scares me in a congregation of people. When you see this, you, you tell them to listen to the man of God. He studies, he prays, he seeks the face of God. He digs out things out of the Scriptures. He allows the Holy Spirit to teach him and help him. And then he gets up and he declares the Word of God. And then people look at it and they kind of push it to the side and don't pay much attention to it. And just kind of push it off to the side. When they ought to be shouting the victory. You see, I'm trying to train you folks. I don't want you to have to go to heaven and go to kindergarten and figure out how to holler hallelujah and praise God and amen. Actually, I don't want you to get to the place where when you get to heaven, an uh, angel on one side says, Holy! 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 And you're wondering what in the world. Of course, I know you'll have a new body. But I'm just trying to get you to remind you tonight that you're living in the quietest world and the most sickening world, sinful on every side. Ain't nothing down here for me. I'm a pilgrim passing through. This, this world's not my home. Amen. Some of y'all love to... Amen. You're working on your mansion down here. And I'm letting the Lord build me one on the other side. He said, you ain't going to get no mansion. Okay. Just wait till we get there and we'll talk about it on the other side. And if we don't, that's fine. I know what some folks said. I'd rather have a cabin in the corner of glory land. Amen. Well, amen. That's, if that's all heaven is to you, I ain't going to be paying much attention to it. No, I'm going to be running from one end of it to the other. I don't need much because I won't be able to run day and night because there ain't going to be no such thing as night. 
I ain't pulling no shades at night. Amen. The sun ain't even going to go down in the evening. The S-U-N will, will be over and the S-O-N will take place. Amen. Now, I get tired of this world. You might not, but I, I'm tired of it. And I'm not tonight trying to catch another load to the next load to get to glory. I want to hang around as long as I can. And the reason I do is because I want to keep warning people and telling people what I've been telling them. That's my job. I love it. I'm ordained for that. I'm called with that. God has given me this. He's given me salvation. He's given me a Bible. And now I ought to give you something else I'm strong with. I'm glad He's given me the Spirit of God dwelling in me. Yeah. To guide me. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about going to the right or the left. The Holy Spirit can take my steps. The Bible said the, good, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That's one of my prayers in the morning. Uh, when I wake up and get my Bible in front of me, I say, Lord, order my steps out today. I said that one time preaching here, and uh, one of the men through the week, this has been several years back, one of the men said, Preacher, I believe you got that scripture wrong. I said, what's it say? He said, the step of a good man is ordered by the Lord. Well, when he said that, I'd been preaching it for years, the steps of a good man. And I went home. I, I didn't know where to argue it. You know, sometimes, even in the faith, being in it a long time, Somebody can throw a monkey in. And I thought, well now, if he's right, I'm going to change that. Not, not I'm going to change the Bible, I'm going to change what I preach. I looked it up and it said, the steps of a good man. There's a difference between the step and the steps. That means the Holy Spirit can take my right foot and set her down and my left foot and set her. And if you do all that, you won't have to worry about going two different directions. Amen. It means, uh, suppose I tried tonight to take a step forward with my right foot and a step backward with my left foot. I don't know what had happened. I'm too old to try that tonight. I know it won't, it ain't gonna be good. So I'm not gonna try it. I think I'd have problems. Matter of fact, I know I would, wouldn't you? And so I follow the scriptures and I follow the Spirit. The Spirit of the living God dwells in me. Ain't you glad you got that? Ain't you glad you got salvation? Ain't you glad you got the Bible? There's no reason for us to walk in darkness because we're in light. There's no reason for us to go wrong. Amen. Praise God. Some of you just walk and don't care where the Holy Spirit's leading you. Amen. I sometimes get in my truck and I head off down the road and if somebody's riding with me and going, they'll say, where are you going? And I look and I say, oh, I suppose turn right back there. We'll turn, go back. But you know what? Some of us get ahead of God like that and we want to go where we want to go. 
The Lord will never lead us in the wrong direction. We need to take the spirit of the living God and go. So what are you holding to? I'm holding to the spirit. I'm holding tonight to the word. I'm holding to my salvation. Now see, if I didn't have salvation, them others wouldn't matter. Ain't that right? That's right. Praise God. Of course, I'm holding the blood. It doesn't said that. And uh, of course, if I get the blood, I'm holding to the Savior. Amen. My number one guide is the, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He guides me through the Spirit. I've always said this all down through my years. God speaks to us through the Word and through His Spirit. And through prayer, which is another thing I'm holding to. Now, prayer is something, when I go to talking about this, uh, you might want to sink down in your seat just a little bit. Because prayer, I found out, is what a lot of people don't do. Praying is hard to do. Just be honest with yourself tonight. It's hard to read the Bible because the devil don't want you to read it. And it's hard to pray because the devil don't want you to pray. And if you'll read the Bible, you said, I was just wondering, preacher, what should I do? Read the Bible first or pray? I'm not going to answer that question. I'll tell you what to do. Just start with one of them. If you'll pray a while, you'll get in the Bible. If you get in the Bible, you'll go to praying. I have to do both. Unless I'm like these little youngins, you put them to bed and you say, God, say your prayers. And uh, we used to do that with our little ones to learn a little bit more. And I began to teach them how to pray. And uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Some of y'all taught your kids that. Nothing wrong with that. They don't know how to pray like anybody. So you kind of teach them. Amen. And so we're kind of like that. We ain't never growed up. We still got that kind of prayer to us. And we need to pray. We need to constantly pray. Constantly pray. Pray without what? What does that mean? Had you ever stopped to think about what praying without ceasing means? What? I believe you got it. Pray without ceasing. Praise God. Now that don't mean that don't mean you go crawl in a hole somewhere and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. That means you have the attitude of prayer constantly. When I'm driving down the road, I'm praying. Amen. Try this out. You'll find out you come home a cleaner man. You pray all day. You've been praying all day. You won't be talking about the boss man. Amen. Ladies, if you pray all day, you won't be talking about them bad youngins. Climbing the wall I am. You understand what I'm saying? I'll tell you now, if you've got a bunch of youngins, you better pray. <laughs> Amen. I, I never will forget when we had a, what we call the NIST... Uh, Empty nest syndrome. When you start looking in all the rooms, there ain't nobody there but you and your wife. 
ones went here and ones went there and the others over yonder. And then uh, it kind of gets on to you in a day or two because you realize then they're not coming back. Except when they get a bunch of youngins and want you to take care of them. <laughs> or they got a need and they want to come home. Understand, I've had that empty nest syndrome now twice. My wife run off and left me. God took her out of here. But I'm going to tell you tonight that when you get to thinking about that's all I've got is these things. I don't need nothing else. All I need in this world just enough to get me out of here. I'm going to have the time of my life till I get there. And then I'll sure have the time of my life. <laughs> Ain't that right, Brother Burl? Praise God, I won't be dragging around like I am now. I have to do a little bit now and sit down. Do a little bit and sit down. Somebody said, you ought to lose some weight. Trying. But I ain't figured out how. I like to eat too much. I'm holding to the Spirit of God. I'm holding to the Word of God. I'm holding to the blood of Christ. I'm holding, amen, to my salvation. I'm not going to let anything in. But you know what? I I'd hold some other things that I used not know too much about. i got a treasure here, and it's called faith. The Bible said Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for what? Righteousness. You said, preacher, I don't have much faith. I need more faith and you need more faith. But the more we're going to get faith, the way that we're going to get faith is to get in the Bible more and pray more. We're in the darkest hour that I believe we've ever lived in America in our lifetime. I'm not saying that other nations have had, it's been worse than them nations and it has, but it's been worse in this nation now than it's ever been. I meet people every day of my life and they don't really know what to do. They're about ready to throw in the towel. They don't have the Lord. They don't have the Bible. They don't have faith. They don't have the blood. They don't have Christ. They don't have uh, prayer. They don't know how to pray. Those things, what I'm trying to tell you, they're holding to them things in the world. I'm not trusting politics. I'm not trusting religious things. I'm not trusting preachers. Amen. And I hope you're not either. I'm leaning on the Bible, the Word of God. You know what preachers are preaching for? Not well. Uh, what God's preachers preach for is to get you strengthened in the Word. A lot of them is in there not for God. They're trying to get you money. And that's what they're working on. So they don't teach the Bible like they ought to. I was in a place of business this week and uh, one of the big famous preachers in our county. He is eating in there and he come walking out. Now I have introduced myself to that man three times. And he does not know me today. And if I reminded him who I was, he'd say, Oh, I know that. Lie to me. That's what he'd say. But he come through, he said, hey, how's everybody? How's it going? Got it all under control? Good to see you. Goodbye. And went out the door. 
Everybody I thought was going to fall in the floor and worship Him. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not holding to something like I don't want nobody to do me that way. I'm not in that for this. Amen. I'm in it because God put me there. And I want to strengthen you and encourage you and challenge you. I want you to, hey, I'm not in you. When I'm saying, say amen right there. I'm just trying to prime you and pump you. But if it ain't down in there, I can't drag it out. But I'm hoping that one of these days it'll catch on. You said, well, I'm kind of scared to do all that. Well, don't do it. You know why I shout and praise God? I feel like it. I want to do it. Over there at my house. Why, about three times I had a spell this evening. I said, glory! It was while I was sticking my head out the door and hollered, praise God! I said, I guess they think you got an idiot down there. I guess they do, probably. Don't matter, but I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. I rejoice in the Lord. Are you holding what I'm holding to tonight? I'm not holding on to the Lord for my salvation, but I'm holding on to the Lord for the things He's given me. I can count on the Bible. It's never let me down. Anybody here tonight say, the Bible has always let me down? I've had people say, you know, I used to do better before I ever started naming the name of Christ. Everything went haywire since I got saved. And I said, okay, God's cleaning the house. Let Him sweep out the rest of the house. When God gets the house cleaned out, you can shout and praise God. Amen. You can go to church, read your Bible. Pray, seek the face of God, and chew your neighbor out. You know what happens then, don't you? God puts a damper on your life. You said, why, preacher, I, I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, I seek the face of God, I do everything I know to do. Then I go outside and stump my toe and it's amazing what comes out of my mouth. It's not praise. God puts a damper on that. But if you ever let Him get His big mop and His big broom and His big vacuum cleaner and His SOS pads and His cleaning detergent out of the Bible... And come into a scrubbing and a cleaning. Some of you might have to have what they call them things that they scoop up things. They got a little scoop blade on them. What's them little? Huh? No, a backhoe would work, but them little things that you sit down on and got a little, you know, bobcat. Some of you may have to have a spiritual bobcat. To clean the house. But you ever let God clean your house out, I'll guarantee you, you'll start praising Him and shouting and praising Him. And you'll be amazed at what God does. 
I'm not preaching in the air tonight. I may be, but I'm talking about I'm not preaching something that's not there. You know what God honors? Clean living. You know what God honors? Not put on and not trying to do, but God honors holiness and righteousness and godliness. Some of you got standards for one for one, in your life or the church and you got some standards for your house and you got some standards for the world. Amen. And if you'll get in the Bible, you won't have but one kind of standard. It'll be what God wants out of you. I don't have to name none of that. Most of you know what all that is. You said, well, I don't know. Well, how often do you ask God, is what I'm fixing to do wrong? Is where I'm going today going to please you, Lord? Is what I just said to my neighbor, was that okay? That's right. You need more Bible. Take care of it. Heads bowed. I see I'm getting, amen, little out there. And I pray God will help you. Come on, Miss Bonnie. I want to give a little chance and opportunity for somebody to come to the altar, please.